to 2021. We would like to thank you for joining us here at Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio. We hope you enjoyed our last podcast, The Lord is at the Door by Sister Yidra. If you still haven't heard it, I encourage you to please give it a listen. I am Sister Noelia and want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God. We will never ask for a donation because we want the integrity of the message of God to remain pure. We would like to thank you for joining us today. We also like to thank the contributors of our music support by GospelRiver.com as well as some of the other independent artists over the last course of the few months uh, who have contributed to this program. You can find us here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast, on Podbean, on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listening Notes in LA, and our new edition, FM Player. Please download these podcasts and share it far and wide. The goal of our podcast is for you to consider the message of the Lord God Almighty. His time is at hand, and we must draw closer to Him and consider His commands and abiding in His will. 2021 has arrived, but how we choose to draw on the Lord for our strength and guidance will determine how successful 2021 will be for the amazing works and healing of the living God. For He is alive, and in Him we are alive. Praise the mighty King of all kings, and may he bless you today and forevermore. Remember, if you have not yet chosen the Lord Yeshua, Jesus Christ, consider and open your heart to him today. There is a repentance prayer in Psalms 51, 1 through 18. If you wait until the end of our message, we will recite it together. Remember, if you come to Yeshua with a humble and sincere heart, the Lord will hear you and lift you up forevermore. Because when we surrender to Him, we open ourselves to an everlasting life with a King, with a King that keeps His promises. Hallelujah. We will begin with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread, but forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Please lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, GospelRiver.com, for the following. Draw me near.
Thank you to gospelriver.com for draw nearer. We must all consider draw nearer to God, especially in these moments that we're living in. Today, we are going to embark on the name of today's podcast is the principles of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, for those who know him by Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach is the Hebrew name of Yeshua of Jesus Christ, and it means Jesus the Messiah. That's what it means when we say Yeshua HaMashiach, for those who are wondering. This episode marks our 18th episode, and it's going to be called The Principles of Yeshua HaMashiach, which is God Almighty. Today, we are going to dig deeper into why Yeshua came to save, but not necessarily came to save the state of the world, as some had hoped at the time of his walk here on earth. Now, if you remember back in episode four, the Royal Kingdom's podcast, uh, we reflected on how the state of God's, of God's people who made a decision and it would change all of his people on the earth. Where they faced Samuel in Kings 1.8 and they declared that they wanted an earthly king. From this point, we fast forward all the way to the days of Yeshua where we have just celebrated his birth on earth in, uh, in December. But now we will focus on the reality of why he was here. So if you have your Bibles, well... It's, it's going to be handy to have your Bibles, but we're going to go through a lot of passages, so I hope that you will come back and reflect on the recording so you can catch each script that we're covering today. So we're going to look right now at uh, Matthew 18. At the same time came the disciples unto Yeshua, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said to them, He said, he called a little child unto him, and he set him in the midst of them. And he said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child is the same, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And for those who shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. But those who shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it would be better for him that a millstone were hung around his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of a sea. What sea did Yeshua speak about, or Jesus? And who is he referring to when he says he will tie a, mile, a millstone and throw them into the sea. If we go back to the time of Moses in Exodus 15:40, number four, Pharaoh's chariots and army he has cast into sea. The finest of his officers are drowned in the Red Sea. Who were those soldiers? They were the enemies. They were men driven by darkness against the kingdom of God. And Moses was the extension of God's kingdom at the first, at the first exodus. But now we are hearing from the, we're hearing this message now from the, the mouth of God himself through Yeshua HaMashiach. His stance against those who come for his children, that is a promise and also a threat to the enemy firsthand and not through one of his many prophets, by he himself. During the time of Yeshua, he went about healing as he reminds us in Luke 5.32. He says, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Now we will reflect on avoiding evil. In Peter 1, 3, 9, Do not repay evil with evil or insult it with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. In Timothy 1, 3, 3, Do not give in to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle. 
not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Hosea 4.2 There is only cursing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Proverbs 3.29 Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Psalms 11.5 The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked who love violence he hates with a passion. Psalms 55.15 Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead, for evil finds lodging among them. Galatians 5.19-21 to the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, dissonation, fractions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. In Matthew 26, 52-54, Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. During the times of Yeshua, he was always being tested by many sources. The devil himself, the assembly of the Jesuits, the councilmen, governors, and even men from within his group, chosen by he himself. For these men did not begin to join Jesus' cause based on their full belief in him. In fact, some like Peter would stumble on their faith. But one who was, always, was allowed in, perhaps the last selected, was Judas Iscarlet. He would challenge Jesus about monies used for the poor, but more interestingly, what did he really want from Jesus? We can also look to um, Barabbas, who was uh, chosen release over Jesus, over Yeshua. Barabbas had a militia of Jews that tried to overthrow the Roman government and in fact caused the loss of death in many of his followers. And he even took the life of a Roman soldier. And this is why he was being tried. If we go back to the First Testament, where King David led armies of men against their enemies, in fact, the Most High God was there allowing these enemies to come to be slaughtered, to fail, because they were against the men of God, and they were evil. But now we come to the New Testament, and this has changed. Some, a lot of people are very puzzled about this as to why in the First Testament there was a charge over the enemies in the physical. But now in the New Testament, there is a new change. And the new change is this, to resist the devil. When the people in the First Testament reconsidered their God, the living God, they turned back, they turned their backs on him. They felt it was better to have a king here on earth to oversee them. But what they failed to realize is that the original tribes of Israel, of the one true God, the, the God of Abraham, were chosen, were choosing a human king over the one true living God, the king of all creation. So imagine, you are, these are your children. And they have revolted and they have chosen their own way to the point you will no longer intervene for their well-being because they, your children, have chosen another source as their provider, so to speak. So from that point, the new ruler, which was the devil and his demons on this earth, who are the principalities of darkness that erect altars to raise the gates of hell and dwell among us, to the once freed from Egypt since the first exodus, these people of the one true living God are again 
ruled by these same principalities of darkness throughout the land and through earthly people such as kings, queens, high elite societies and governments. Now we're going to turn to Kings. This is Kings 2, 17, and we're going to read 7 to 13. So please, uh, if you will, turn there. For it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and they had feared other gods. They had walked in statues of nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. Also, the children of Israel secretly did against God, their God, the living God, things that were not right. They built for themselves high places in all of their cities, from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. They burned incense on all the high places, like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them. And they did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger, for they served idols, of which the Lord had said to them, You shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets, ever seeing, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments, my statutes, according to all the law which I command your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Nevertheless, they would not hear, but stiffened their necks like the necks of their fathers who did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that they had made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he had testified against them. They followed idols, they became idolers, and they went from, they went after other nations who were all around them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. So they left the commandments of the Lord their God, and made for themselves a model image of two calves, made of wooden image and worshiped the host of heaven and served Baal. They caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire, practice witchcraft, soothsaying, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him to anger. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. And the Lord rejected all of his descendants of Israel, afflicted them, and delivered them into the hand of the plungers, until he had cast them from his sight. For he tore Israel from the house of David and made them Jeroboam, the son of Net Netbat, king. Then Jeroboam drove Israel from following the Lord and made them commit a great sin. For the children of Israel walked in all sins of Jeroboam, which he did, and they did not depart from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he had said by all of his servants and prophets. So Israel was carried away from their own land to Assyria, as it is said to this day. And this is where I call, this was the fall of Israel. Now, we also considered this. By these people choosing of the land, they once, they were back, they returned back into enslavement by these kingdoms of darkness and principalities. Foe, they offered up rituals and human deadly sacrifices, which gave power back to the principalities of darkness. That is where Israel was scattered. And that is why they were scattered. Now let's look at the new covenant of the living God. In the New Testament, the one true living God comes to this earth in the flesh as 
the Son of God and man in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, to offer up his own life for the punishment he set was for an absolute death. He came to offer a bridge for humans back to life and into the kingdom of heaven for eternity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, when we look at Israel are the chosen, a lot of people have arguments in the world, but I'm going to just tell you right now. God set his first covenant with our forefather Abraham because he established the promise of a covenant and guidance to the promised land. It was Abraham's bloodline who was the first tribe of Israel to recognize the one true living God. In fact, he was prepared to sacrifice even his own son Isaac as it was a sign of his true commitment to God. An angel will appear, of course, before him to stop him. And it was recognized in the kingdom of God that Abraham's loyalty to the living God was solidly established. However, later, the tribes of Israel would be split and the temple of Israel built by the king, by King Solomon would be ravaged, torn down, and Israelites scattered among all the nations. In the New Testament, a new covenant is expanded and the terms of God's people is made the most clearest. Thanks be to the living God. When Jesus arrived, he brought and planted seeds of hope to restore life to his people. However, his people as a unity were not prepared for this new covenant as they were still stuck in the old ways of battling to overthrow governments and were tired under the rule of Rome. So in the time of Christ, he was going about his mission to educate, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to set his message of his principles. And simultaneously, as this was occurring, Barabbas was plotting to overthrow the Roman government. And on the other side, Judas was working with the secret councils of government within the Pharisees, within the Jewish communities, and their doctrines to try to bring Israel back into power. And they wanted to use Jesus as the head of their mission and movement even without his direct consent. Judas would question many activities of the mission of the apostles, yet he never came clean on his deeds in working the secret councils of the high priest and Pharisees and their plot against Rome through Barabbas. See, these men were tired of Rome's power. For generations, they would pillage towns of the Jews, taking food, goods, money, through taxation, and some in some cases where the people were in debt and couldn't pay their taxes, they would take family members into slavery as hostages until their debts were met. However, in most cases, their people would remain in captivity and made to do labor to pay off the family's debts. So as we look at this long list of horrible acts towards the Jewish people, one can really understand the circumstances and their yearning for a return back to a nation with power and wealth as they were witnessing the reign of Rome over many regions. In Matthew 27, 16, Barabbas is called notorious prisoner. And Mark 15, 7 echoed in Luke 23, 19, he was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection against the occupying Roman forces. John 18.40 describes him as abandoned. So around this same time, Barabbas decides to gather up his men, which were no match for the Roman army. In physical stance, in armory, or weapons, and he would march them forward into a death trap where his men would suffer losses of life and succumb to the army of Rome. Frustrated to losing so many men, Barabbas decides to ambush some Roman soldiers, killing one, and then they sentence him to death by 
Pontius Pilate. Meanwhile, as stated in Matthew 26, 4, they, the council of the high priests, by the name of Calipus, conspired to arrest Jesus and to have him killed. These are the secret councils that were plotting against the kingdom of God. They could not accept the teachings, or would they accept his healing powers? So they brought him before Rome to be tried. But before this, we have to look how Judas postured himself into the group of the apostles. He wasn't chosen like the others. He approached Jesus to be allowed in. Jesus refers to Judas as a devil in John 6, 70, a son of perdition. John 17, 12, who it would have been better if he were never born, Matthew 26, 24. It is interesting to note that Christ not only knew he would be betrayed, he handpicked the betrayer. He stated when he selected the 12 men who would follow him. Did I not choose you twelve, and one of you is a devil? In John 6.71. Judas was in charge of the group's money. In John 13.29, he was a thief who regularly stole from, from it. In John 12.6, he was known to be a liar. In John 3.12.3-6. John who was also deceitful and greedy. Matthew 26, 14 to 15, he was also called a traitor. In Luke 6, 16, and was also identified as a betrayer during the last Passover. He was willing to pretend to honor someone for his own selfish purposes. In Mark 14, 44 through 45. So this selfish purpose was to instigate a revolt for the Jews, to place Jesus in the throes of a revolution against Rome, but by forcing Jesus into a position to use his powers and will to retake the throne and crush their enemies. So if he offered up Jesus to the Pharisees and their councilmen, surely Jesus will free himself. Surely Jesus will free the Jews. Surely Jesus will regain power over the Jews and the land. We know that Judas felt remorse for his actions and knew he sinned. His sorrow, however, did not lead to a true repentance and a change of heart as it did for Peter. So seek Luke 22:55 through 62 and John 18, 17, 25 through 27. It led him to commit suicide. Even in the act of suicide is a bit selfish. Because we're going to take a look at that. Repentance in the face of God is the humbling before him. So to take one's life is truly not ordained by God because he gives us life. And it is he who decides when it is our time. So remember, the other two men that were on the cross with him at the crucifixion, one repented and the other did not. The one that repented, the Lord said, I will see you in heaven today. So the Lord is merciful if we allow him to be merciful, but we have to be humbled in front of him, which Judas was not. So ultimately Judas ended by his own hand. So he was also in charge of the group's money and he regularly stole from it. So as the people began to see the Lord Yeshua's strength and healing and teaching and abundance, some militants wanted to have Yeshua as their ruler and not Rome to rule over them. But this was not Yeshua's mission. As he stated to Pontius Pilate, this is not my kingdom. I am not from here. We're going to take a look back to when in John 18, 11, Jesus says this to Peter. He says, put your sword into the sheath. Do not, shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? So what cup was that that Jesus was referring to? Well, that was the cup to take our place at the cross for the sins of all men. 
So as he looks to Peter, when he cut off Malika's ear, he says, put your sword in its place, for all who take this to the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father, and he will not provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? Now, how many angels will be in 12 lesions? So if we take the number of 12 times 6, it equals 72,000. What kind of a damage would they be capable of, the angels? We're going to look at Isaiah 37, 36. Records one, one angel killing 185,000 soldiers in one night. Then the, the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were corpses all dead. So 72,000 angels could have killed 13 billion soldiers. So what could Jesus have done at this moment when they arrested him? when he was facing Pontius Pilate. He could wipe out not only the 600 who had come to arrest him, but everyone on earth. That's why Yeshua, our Lord Yeshua, God Almighty, he is very patient because he is capable of destroying all the earth. And so he is waiting on us. He's waiting on his people to return. He's being very patient, and he has given us a bridge through Jesus. How amazing is our living God. Hallelujah. So when he told Pontius Pilate, I am not from this world, he was letting him know that he had the power to destroy those who seek harm to him and their armies. So considering this power and looking at Judas, who knew who Jesus was, who Yeshua was, perhaps decided that Yeshua could handle these battles between the Pharisees and the Roman government and once and for all prove to them in their faces who he was and to overthrow their powers and become the new ruler of the land with the Jewish taking back over the land and their return back to rule. But again, this was the consideration of men, fleshly men, who had fallen from the faith of God himself and still believe in force and battles and bloodshed. So once Yeshua apparently did not, did not hold the same sentiment. He was actually going to be processed for crimes against him that he was not even guilty of. And they, the Jewish council and Romans, would conspire together to have Yeshua crucified. Now remember, in those days, to receive the conviction of crucifixion, you had to do a crime against the government of Rome, against its ruler. And in this case, Caesar, who, by the Pharisees testifying against Yeshua, that he had preached against the authority of Caesar. The Romans would use this to convict Yeshua because Pontius Pilate did not want to be on the wrong side of Caesar. My dear brethren, the Lord came in the form of man through Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. He came to guide us on how to enter and return back to his kingdom. He gave us clear examples as he stated in Matthew 18, the Lord wants every man and woman to surrender to him, to put down their warring ways, to put down the ways of this world, to seek in his ways and in his kingdom and in his power to deliver us from our enemies. The enemies reside in every community. It abounds when people fail to look at the one and only living God. When we choose unrighteous men to rule over us, we are subject to the force of evil over our lives. When we place Godhead over our lives, then he will force even our enemies to deal with us in a goodly way. Right now on the land, there are many heads going in different directions, 
believing it's okay to divulge in sinful ways, that there will be no price to pay, that God is not alive, that they choose easily the will of Satan over righteousness. Have you ever considered how easily it is to say yes to devil, to evil and evil deeds in the world and how difficult it is standing up for good? The mass go in one direction without questioning the validity of righteousness. They considered evil for good and they failed to call evil evil. For what is a good token for that which is evil? Nothing, because it still remains evil, my brethren. A token for what is good will always remain good. We cannot allow evil to dwell in our hearts or on this land. Our purpose is to call on the kingdom of heaven, to call on the kingdom of God through our commitment to him, God, our father, our heavenly father. In him, we will overcome evil and he will destroy our enemies and overflow this land with his ruah, his ruah of the holiness of the Holy Spirit. God has been waiting on his people to mature to the point of understanding that this land is a corrupted land by evil. And we cannot live with an unequal yoke. We cannot coexist together. We cannot live together in harmony with evilness. Although we try, we cannot do it. But we have to take a stand against it. And we have to consider the Lord's promise to his people. In Chronicles 2, 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. The Lord is waiting on us to call on his kingdom's return and to guide us back to him where we belong in our almighty Savior's arms and in his grace. We have to now turn our backs on evil and use our power through the Holy Spirit to cast out, to cast out all darkness out of our communities, out of our land, and out of our people. That's what Yeshua showed us when he came. That's what he was doing. We have to mature spiritually and grow with him with the Holy Spirit. Through the living God, all is possible. A restoration of his people through his salvation and our belief in him and his mightiness. I also want to point out all righteousness is ordained by God's grace, by his will, by his blueprint to return us back to the kingdom of the living God. Our part is to accept the, his plan for our betterment, for his wisdom is far, far above ours. He knew when his people turned away that they would choose a terrible path. So he came to set us back on his path again. God's ways are not our ways. And this is where faith has to overthrow doubt and fear. To fear God himself is to hold a full respect for who God is. If Yeshua made things so easy and overthrew Rome and took reign on the land, yes, the people would have been happy. They would have not fought and desired to really know God, the living God. We cannot lay down and we cannot stop seeking God because there is the power of God reflecting back to his kingdom. We are here reflecting back to his kingdom. And once all his people are on board, like in the first Exodus, when his people joined in God, my, 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 what a beautiful light. One that will cast out evilness forevermore. I ask you all to consider what has been explained today and to offer yourself today to Yeshua. Allow yourselves to become part of the living again through Yeshua HaMashiach. In Psalms 51, 1 through 18, you will find a repentance prayer. 
and we're going to recite it here shortly. But God Almighty still has his mighty hand stretched out for all to return, both the Gentiles and the Jews to return back to him and leave the ways of this world and embrace the ways of God's kingdom for our Lord to rule once again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you will turn into your Bible, the King James Bible, I recommend, to Psalms 51, and ask the Lord with your humble heart today. Let's bow before him and ask him. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, I have sinned, and I have done this evil in thy sight, that thy mights be justified when thou speakest, and be cleared when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou dearest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me known wisdom." Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones thy witch has broken may rejoice. Thy, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my inequities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then I will teach my transgressions thy ways. And sinners shall con be converted unto thee. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. The God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise, for you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion, Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, my friends, here's a list that I would like for you to re review with me and uh, trying to keep and do the will of God here on this earth. We need to come together to recognize him as the one true living God, to accept his covenant over all our people, for all of the people, Gentiles and Jews alike, to surrender humbly to him in repentance, to accept his gift of salvation and allowing the Holy Spirit inside us, to abide by all his commandments, including the one he added, which was to love one another, to seek him in all things as the head of your family, to commune with him by celebrating his day of rest, the Holy Sabbath day, to keep faith in his promise, to allow ourselves to return as children back to his kingdom, to tell others about your testimony in God and how he has restored your life in him, to always obey in God Almighty and practice of obedience in the resistance and resisting the devil and the ways of this world to love and be patient with each other. And finally, to read his words and his testimonies written in the Holy Bible, but to also do it with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, which is a big key, because a lot of times we could read the Bible, but without the Holy Spirit, we're not gonna be guided as we're gonna be guided by him through that Holy Spirit. These are very important um, lists 
for returning back to God's kingdom. We all have to do this individually. Because if the Lord wanted to do it massively, he would have done it already. But it takes each one of our souls to do a commitment to him, to seek him, to have faith in him, that he's going to restore our life again and to abide in him. We each have to do it. We each have to make the commitment. That is the biggest key in, in receiving the Holy Spirit and also returning back to the kingdom of God. And remember, finally, he really wants us to return as children, laughing and enjoying with the innocence and the belief in him, having faith. God will restore this kingdom on this earth. His kingdom on earth is going to return. He's waiting on us to mature, to call on his kingdom on this earth. So I invite you in 2021 to do this. Do this for yourself and your life in the power and the glory of Yeshua HaMashiach's holy name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining and listening in to us today. We want uh, you to please consider these messages of the Lord. Please download this cast, share it with your friends and family. We can be found again on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listening Notes in LA, and FM Player. May the Lord God be with you on your journey back to Him. Choose 2021, the year you committed to the Lord for the return back to your life. I would like to give a special thanks to GospelRiver.com for Give Your Best to the Master. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next cast.